Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There's a fracture in the Democratic Party over defunding the police, and it starts with progressive Cori Bush of Missouri. She wants to defund the police, yet Bush has spent $70,000 on her own private security. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up, and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. This is a problem for Democrats. The GOP's House campaign arm is now turning the defund the police narrative against all Democrats. They're pointing out the hypocrisy of Bush's private security. One of the greatest political gifts ever, the defund the police yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, Nancy Pelosi's got to be thinking, how do I rein in these people? I mean, that chick makes no sense. Oh, right. Um, I mean, she is really a dope. Cory Bush. Yes. What a joke. So she didn't even try to make sense of that. No, no, her argument did not exist. When pressed on the idea of, wait a second, you want to defund the police for people out there who can't afford private security, but you have private security. Yeah, and I'll spend $200,000 on private security if I need to, but I still say we need to defund the police. So she didn't even attempt to make those things fit together. Well, and and to the extent that she offered an argument, it was uh, because i got to be here to do the work. In other words, I've got to be safe to pursue my life and my goals. Uh, yeah, we know. <laughs> That's our point, too, yeah. Corey. So that is what it is. Um, and doesn't really require any more commentary because <laughs> it's pretty obvious what it is. Here's a comment for you. That woman got elected to Congress. And will likely get reelected. Holy cow. Uh, maybe even uh, to a certain extent on what she said yesterday about the defund the police because her crowd might be for that. I don't know. Um, most people in most urban areas polling shows are really not digging to defund the police thing because they live in neighborhoods where they need more police, not less police. A lot of black Americans, too. They, they're outraged by the very idea, but there's a certain wing of black America that hears somebody like Cori Bush and says, yeah, you go, girl. There are plenty of different you know, pockets of America, white folks, black folks, Hispanic folks, whatever. It, it doesn't matter if you're a halfwit and you don't make any sense as long as you spout the company line. They will they will vote for you. I saw Trey Gowdy, former Republican congressman, say yesterday, you almost have to, like, look into, is she working for the Republicans? I mean, that's so over the top a gift to the Republicans. I mean, that would wow. be in every ad in the country. Wow. I mean, it, it's, it's so egregious. It's almost too much. It's He's like, right. It's like if your goalie just, like, would look the other way. When they came toward him with the puck, and you think, oh, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> Why, he's really doing something stupid as a goaltender. No, what's it's not stupid, on? it's premeditated. Um, it's so over the top. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's going to be used in a lot of ads, and they're gonna Republicans will try to tar the Democrats with the defund the police, which Joe Biden is not for, and Nancy Pelosi is not for, but you got plenty of people out there who are are for it. Well, hey, your opponent hands you a nice, big, heavy ball bat. You you have to use it, metaphorically speaking. Of course, we decry violence here at the A&G Show. The other thing we decry is uh, the 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 uh, the vanishing of the importance of fatherhood from the American consciousness. 
it's a an odd, troubling, and and dumb offshoot of feminism. I think it's a, it's an unhealthy side effect of what is mostly a very good thing of making sure that women have their constitutional rights and the opportunity to excel in the life they choose, which that I am happened for one hundred percent. That happened a long time ago. Right, exactly. But the idea that to be pro-woman, you must be anti-man, anti-fathers, anti the necessity of fathers, anti-little boy. Little boys should be pathologized. The way they act is unhealthy. Act like a little girl, little boy. Of course, then it became there's no such thing as a little girl and a little boy as we go further down the road to Crazyville. But anyway, a recent study by researchers at Penn State University have rediscovered the distinctive role that fathers play in raising healthy, mature children. Of course, involved involved fathers are said to have direct impact on the social and emotional well-being of their children, significantly influence their measure of future success. Um, da, da, da. The study found specifically that closeness with fathers serves a distinctive role in helping children weather the turbulent years of adolescence by positively affecting the self-esteem, uh, everything from weight management, to prevalence of depressive symptoms in both boys and girls, just all sorts of behaviors and needs. The doctoral candidate in human development and family studies at the university who led the research project and is probably now a pariah for suggesting that, that dads are important. She noted that while emotionally close relationships with both fathers and mothers had positive effects on children, fathers had a broader influence for an interesting reason. And this is not even close to valuing dads above mothers. It's different. Wait a minute. Men and women are different? Fathers and the relationship with children are different than relationship with mothers? This is shocking stuff. But here's a quote from the the woman who ran this. Adolescents tend to feel emotionally closer to their mothers than to their fathers, and mothers tend to have supportive conversations with their children more frequently than fathers do. This may make emotional closeness with fathers more salient and in turn protective against these common adjustment problems uh, experienced uh, during adolescence. Hmm. There are a whole lot of different ways, and there's some more examples coming up, but a lot of different ways to look at this. You know, she she seems to be saying, at least in the way the report was characterized there, that, of course, moms are going to be emotionally close with their kids. If you're emotionally close with your dad, that's extra potent? I don't know. Are there moments where you are, they carry more weight or something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that that could be. And I would also suggest as both a dad and uh, an observer of many, many families through, you know, coaching and mentoring and all sorts of things that uh, and observing, observing human beings at the playground on the practice field. And just because I'm so interested in this topic, I've kind of made it my hobby to observe it. The the. To, to generalize, and this is just generalizing so nobody get offended. I'm not talking about you people here. So don't get offended. Little kid falls down, skins his knee. Mama is there with, oh, let me see. Oh, my gosh, honey. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Let's clean it up. Blah, blah. And that's incredibly important for a kid. And dad is often on the, you're fine. Go play. You'll be great. You're fine. It's just a little scratch. And that's incredibly important, too. Now, some brave, fabulous single parents cover those bases, and good for them. Uh, but the idea that dads are unimportant is just obscene. Uh, let's see. Researchers uh, recruited hundreds of adolescents from two-parent families, both fathers and mothers, and gathered data at three checkpoints between the time participants were 12 and 20 years old. They measured all sorts of different things. 
Uh, The method allowed researchers to analyze the distinctive effects of relationships between children and each of their parents at different times during adolescence. They found that results varied. For example, the study found that father-youth intimacy was associated with fewer weight concerns across most of the adolescents for girls and boys. Mother-youth intimacy was associated with boys but not girls' weight concern, and only in early adolescence for some reason. Father-youth intimacy was associated with fewer depressive symptoms for boys and girls across most of adolescence, whereas mother-youth intimacy was associated with fewer depressive symptoms in mid-adolescence. Finally, father-youth intimacy was associated with higher self-esteem from early through mid-adolescence for boys and girls, whereas mother-youth intimacy was associated with higher self-esteem across most of adolescence for girls, but only during early and late adolescence for boys. So some subtle differences, but distinct and important role for dads yay dads keep keep dadding keep doing what you're doing one of the most important things your kids will ever have is a good strong dad so we have talked a lot about and everybody has the uh the guy on the airplane that uh, got all drunk and took off his shirt and uh said my parents are worth two million dollars and all that oh my and the uh, and then went around squeezing uh, the uh, the stewardess's breastesses, which is sexual assault and incredibly bad. And the flight attendants ended up duct taping him to a seat or something like that. Well, this story came out yesterday from, uh, in theory, one of the flight attendants who was on the flight. Um. So we want. What do you think, Hans? Should we just do the whole thing, the long one, it includes everything? It's, you know, I like the way it's put together. Why not? Yeah, why not? ...of a belligerent passenger causing sheer chaos in the air. And it got so bad that flight attendants had to duct tape the man to his seat. Ever since masks were required on airplanes, flight attendants say that their work has become downright dangerous. Now, understand something. I'm a flight attendant. That means I attend the flights. Sometimes our job has us attending to crazy people. If you push us too far... You're going to have to attend this ass whooping. You see, because on this particular flight, I'm sitting in a jump seat and I'm just looking at him act a damn fool. He's spitting and cussing and going crazy. I say, that's enough. I got up and I walked over there. And by the way, this man smelled like a pack of Marlboro cigarettes, uh, four shots of Everclear alcohol and regret. So I know something's about to go down. Why does it stop there? Why does it stop there? What's why, happening? Why don't we have the whole thing? I believe this continues here. What? Why, at, what? <laughs> okay. At this point, he touched all over my coworker's breast, and where he f-ed up at is when he touched my titties. Cause I don't play that. So what I did <laughs> is I took out the duct tape. I said, <laughs> he got scared, start stuttering, say, hold up, wait a minute, something ain't right. I said, yeah. We about to mummify your ass now, boy. So we wrapped him up. Better than any Christmas present you ever see. He won't be coming on no more Frontier flights at all. Beautiful. Uh, how did he make that duct tape sound with his mouth? <laughs> I can't imagine. I was just thinking that. That sounded exactly like unrolling was, duct tape. That was amazing. It's like those beatbox guys. <laughs> They're just saying that's crazy. But how anyway, do you do that? Uh, I saw that first and thought it was real, and a lot of people thought it was real, and it turns out it's a comedian dude, but it's still funny. Yeah, he's done a handful of those videos on the scene reports uh, claiming to be a participant. Funny dude. Do we know his name? He's a, uh, a Duck. 
Is Dave that Rowe. One note. Dave, Dave Rowe. Rowe. Yeah, okay. I believe Dave Rowe. All right. Funny, funny yeah. guy. So does he benefit from that? Does he make any money off of that? Probably got a YouTube channel or something. Yeah. He's probably independently wealthy. <laughs> I don't know. I never. I can't ever tell. I can't ever tell with a lot of these people whether they're making a million dollars a month or they're just giving away funny stuff for the creative enjoyment of it. Yeah, something tells me a guy as sophisticated as getting at getting viral as him is, is doing okay. I think he's probably making some money. Uh, big moment today in Afghanistan. The Taliban has taken their first provincial capital, first of many to come, I think, unfortunately. Also, the opinion section of the Wall Street Journal, uh, Green New Deal Part 1, looking at the Senate's 2,700-page infrastructure bill, because some people are, the, the people that are voting on it haven't read it, but journalists are now starting to read it and point out what's in there. <laughs> and there's all kinds of stuff in there that you're probably not going to like. Great, great. Plus a major bums and junkies update. Some craziness from around the country. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Some uh, Olympic accomplish- accomplishments worth noting. We'll get to in the next half hour. Also, bums and junkies update from a variety of American cities. Utter lack of realism about the topic, as usual, the theme. But some of the statistics, you, you, oh my gosh, they're crazy. So stay with us. Wall Street Journal editorial boards taking a look at the 2,700-page infrastructure bill that your senator did not read. Um, Green New Deal Part 1 is what they say. The press corps seems bored with the Senate's 2,700-page infrastructure bill since it's destined to pass, but that bill is more consequential than the coverage, and one theme in particular deserves more attention. The bill is a major down payment on President Biden's Green New Deal. The Senate bill is a great leap forward. That is a (laughs) reference to a uh, maneuver that Chairman Mao came up with in the late 50s, early 60s, that starved millions and millions and millions of people. The Senate bill is a great leap forward for progressive ambitions to use central planning to re-engineer the electrical grid and banish carbon from the U.S. economy. The bill helps this political medicine go down by offering large subsidies that have co-opted the business lobbies. One thing that was I, say, I came across yesterday that's in the bill that hadn't been mentioned uh, uh, page like, you know, 1930, uh, section 265, part A, to test the design, acceptance, implementation, and financial sustainability of a national motor vehicle per mile user fee to address the need for additional revenue for surface transportation through a vehicle per mile user fee. So a whole bunch of that. So that uh, might be coming down the road. Sure, if they're eliminating gas, they can't count on gas taxes. Now, I uh, think that we probably someday we will be driving electric vehicles, but we're not there yet. We're not even close to there yet. People don't want them, despite the fact that everybody in the media acts like everybody wants them. California has been a great experiment in in electric vehicles, and most people don't want them. They just don't currently. Uh, But they're doubling down to a great extent on that in this this new green dealio. (laughs) That they've come up with uh, and that is likely to pass. 
The bill starts the rollout of Mr. Biden's National Electrical Electric Vehicle Charging Network. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg will get $7.5 billion to plan this down to where to locate EV charging stations. The bill instructs Mr. Buttigieg to finance chargers that, quote, meet current or anticipated market demands. And edge, would, edge, they say. Edge, edge. Boot edge, edge. And would be unlikely to be completed without federal assistance. These two imperatives conflict with each other, but liberals believe that building more chargers in low-income areas will encourage more EV sales. That Yay, has, Tesla's for the poor. That hasn't happened yet in California where they've done this. You know, you pull up to any store in California where they got the charging stations. If you ever see a car ever charging there, <laughs> that'll be the first time for me. Yeah, call me at home. <laughs> Faster chargers in denser population areas may also require upgrades to the grid capacity and could strain the power supply. EV owners in California, I didn't know this because I don't have an electric car, I have been instructed when you buy an electric car that during heat waves not to charge your vehicles in the evenings when the sun goes down. Because when the sun goes down, you know, you don't have the solar power, so don't charge your vehicle at night, which is the most likely time you're going to charge it while you're asleep so you can drive it the next day. Well, certainly while you're not at work. As they point out here, the U.S. has never had to have a czar to make sure there are enough gas stations on Route 66 so truckers don't run out of fuel. But they're going to centrally plan from Washington, D.C., where all the EV stations need to be and spend billions of dollars doing it. You had me at centrally planned. You in your lifetime will see chargers out in the middle of nowhere in this country that have never been used and you paid for. Guaranteed. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is a normal Oreo, and this is the world's biggest Oreo. 65 pounds of butter, 56 pounds of sugar. Looked up online what the world's biggest Oreo was. We decided we're going to go bigger and better. So we made a four foot by four foot Oreo, and it's going to be about 175 pounds. You think you can eat it all? Well, I'll start. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to finish this thing off in a few months before it goes stale. There you go. Guy and his grandma decided to uh, make the world's biggest Oreo together. Fun She's thing to 95 years old. Isn't that sweet? No that pun is. intended. That's awesome. That's super. That reminds me, I just came across this. The CDC is warning people to stop eating cake batter. Hey, why don't you shut up, CDC? Haven't you ruined my life enough over the last year and a half? Stop eating cake batter. That's just stop being alive. Please. Cake batter is proof that God loves us. There's a God and he loves us. Second only to cookie dough. <laughs> Oh, cookie dough. Proof that there's a God and he loves us. Oh, geez. 16 people in the entire United States have gotten E. coli uh, after eating cake batter. E. coli. I'll take my chances. You take your chances every day you walk out the front door, huh? 16 people have done everything in America. This is a big country. And did you say they croaked of it or they just got it? They just got E. coli. So they got the, the uh, oh, I almost used a truly unfortunate term for a uh, loose bowel movement. How, how many pounds of cake batter have I eaten in my life? A lot. How many cakes worth? That'd be an interesting number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many cookies worth of cookie dough have I eaten? Same thing, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I have a new favorite soccer player. One of the American soccer gals. I'm going to salute her by name. Stay tuned. The rest of them can go back to where they came from. 
So, a bum and junkie update here. A couple of different notes from uh, a handful, three different states. Uh, I will tell you this, and and I'm going to be careful. Um, We have friends who one of their sons is dealing with the horrors of addiction to hard drugs. And it is so difficult for everybody involved. Um, you know, I've, I've not dealt with that specifically. I have a kid I worry about every single day, practically, practically every minute of the day, so I can relate on that level. But everybody just trying their best to help this young guy straighten out his life and, and fly right using love, then using tough love. Uh, helping and then then saying that's it you've you've worn out you're welcome you've too many strikes you're on your own to see if that works then the constant worry that it'll be a bad outcome the idea that people who are addicted to hard drugs can just be treated off of them is uh it's a fantasy so when we're dealing with bums and junkies uh it's it's a tough thing anyway having said that uh, Gavin Newsom, the half-wit governor of California. Well, let's we had just, an early dinner. We're throwing in here, because I agree Please. with everything you said there. And uh, I was meeting with a guy just yesterday who's trying to uh, quit drinking and uh, talking to him. And uh, I have been around a lot of people with uh, drug and alcohol problems over the years. Um, but giving them stuff and making their lives easier is not the answer. Yeah, exactly. Son, okay, I'll give you money and a bed and feed you and the rest of it. And just you can keep doing drugs. I'm going to ask you not to, but we'll just keep going like this. It will never, ever, ever work. Um, and, you know, it's probably worth stating. Just uh, people, maybe you're new to the show. Um, we both have a pretty tough love-ish view of drug addicts uh, because that's what works more they have to decide they don't want to be an addict anymore you can't convince them of that and making it effortless to be a junkie is not going to yield you fewer junkies on the streets stealing your stuff assaulting your citizens overdosing the rest of it it never will giving them cushy accommodations and food money and the rest of it you're just going to get more junkies, and they're going to die of it. Anyway, having said that, so uh, where were we? Ah, yes, the half-wit governor of California expressed strong support yesterday for increased efforts around Cal Unicornia to remove large homeless encamp- encampments. He called them unacceptable, said the state will need more federal help, of course, blah, 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 additional housing services, blah, blah, blah. But he said, no, the big homeless camps are completely unacceptable. Now, part of that is a little triangulating because they're trying to recall his hiney right. in California. Uh, they mentioned in this story, which is from La Times, that the latest state budget commits $12 billion over the next two years to not just more hotel purchases and funding for mental health care facilities, but also encampment, encampment cleanups and hazardous waste removals. So, you know, as usual, his uh, solutions don't exactly match mine, but he said, no, people should not be living in the streets and sidewalks and parks. We need to clean up those camps. There is so much freaking garbage around, and how much of it is from these homeless camps? Got to be a lot of it. Oh, absolutely. Because they just, well, they look like trash dumps. I I drove by one just yesterday. I was going to a bank. And uh, came down off an off ramp. They, they, the, the homeless like to make those little, little area underneath an overpass or whatever their homes. And they had built so much structure, pieces of fence, and uh, and chain link fence and boards and everything like they, they built so much structure around there. It's really quite amazing. 
Yeah, I've seen uh, some video reviews of the various bum camps of Los Angeles in which some of the engineering feats have actually been pretty impressive. You know, if those people could get off drugs and, and have them take a, some uh, drafting classes or something, they'd probably be pretty good at it. Listen to this, would you? The city of Denver, Colorado, spends at least twice as much on bums and junkies per person as it does on K-12 through public school students. At least. And the spending just obliterates veterans' affairs budgets in the state, by the way. For comparison, the city reportedly spends between 42000 and 104000 That's quite a range. But between forty two and 104000 on each person experiencing homelessness, this is the term you're supposed to use, in a year, while only 19000 on each K-12 through public school student over the same period of time. Two to six times as much on bums and junkies as students. Now, that's a society with its priorities. Wow. Straight. Yeah. So how come you know you hear the build schools not prisons? How come you don't hear the the, the you know build schools not bigger homeless camps? Yeah, wow. Well, that's it's it's a better argument actually. Uh, the average rent for a person living in the area is about twenty one k per year. Median per capita income is forty five k, and they're spending nearly the per capita income per bum and junkie. On the bums and junkies. That's amazing. It's unbelievable. The Denver metro area spends $481 million on health care, housing, and other services for the homeless, according to a report uh, from the local Fox News affiliate. So you have that. And then you have a great piece by uh, our uh, colleague, our former coworker, Jason Rantz, uh, about the situation in Seattle, in which there's an escalating rate of crime involving bums and junkies. Of course there is. Um, so as I'm listening to you say this stuff, I'm thinking... Why is it so bad now versus 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? It's got to be cultural. It's got to be uh, people deciding they want to be drug addicts and, and, and society allowing them to. Because the ability... Well, we've, we're, we're never going to have a better economy than we've got right roughly the last couple of years. It'll never be better than this. If you want it to be better than it's been in the last couple of years... You're anticipating a a utopia that has never existed on the planet. And never will. And so why do we have a bigger homeless problem than we've ever had when all the economic numbers, all the everything is better than it's ever been? Unemployment rate, crime, everything over the last several years has led to this homeless situation. And everybody's blaming it on what? Well, not everybody, but the left is blaming it on what? Housing prices. It's not going to ever be any better than this. Systemic racism. Well, right. It, it, it may be as simple as this. Well, it's probably a little more complicated, but there, there are a list of things I do in my life that I do not do in public on a city sidewalk. Okay? You got, you got your list. There yeah. are things you do in your life that in I would private, not do in public. Yeah. That you would not do on a sidewalk. Right. Yeah, I, I can mean, think of several. You can go with the obvious stuff if you want, or even something, you know, really passionately kissing my wife, whatever. There are there are a number of things that people do that they won't do in public. Clipping your toenails. Shooting up. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, yeah, you can now. You can take a poop on the sidewalk. You can throw up a tent in the city park. A buddy of mine was in downtown San Francisco. Oh, this is going to be a charming tale I can already tell. Go on. He didn't realize for whatever reason that he's going to was going to be doing a lot of walking around with some sort of corporate 
get-together thing. And he said, I wish I hadn't worn flip-flops. Oh! Oh! Yeah. This is sick enough. Not nearly enough protection. How gross is that? Oh, man. That is disgusting. That's like make you throw up disgusting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we have granted a pass to people to do things that normally were utterly out of the question. I'm going to imagine proposing this even 25 years ago. I'm going to go down to the city park where all the kids play. I'm going to erect a tent. I'm going to stay in it permanently, and I'm going to openly do drugs there. Well, back when that was utterly out of out of the realm of possibility, nobody would do it. Now it's compassionate, so people do it. It's as simple as that. Anyway, quick view of Seattle, as uh, Jason writes. In the last several months, Seattle's homeless have grown more aggressive, violent, and deadly. They haven't just taken over city parks and streets, but they're terrorizing Seattle residents. And progressive politicians are completely silent. Their inaction in addressing homelessness and ideological opposition to sweeps creates this environment. Then he goes through a number of of crimes that are just awful. Here's a homeless 35-year-old man, uh, Clint James Jory, released from jail July 23rd after serving a 21-month sentence for a series of random assaults against women. So you assault women over and over again. You're not even going to be in jail for two years. Six days later, he's at it again. He tried to rape a seven-month pregnant woman in a bathroom. Thank God there was a cop walking by, heard her crying out, although he was trying to silence her. And uh, and went in and arrested him. Well, the guy who uh, verbally assaulted, thank God, didn't end up physically assaulting my family and screaming, I'm going to rape and kill your children. Uh, and my kids are crying and everything. You've heard this story. He He's in prison now. But the first policeman I talked to said, the real tragedy is there's no, that there are not uh, places that we can put these people. That we, no, the real tragedy is my kids are over there crying right now because they thought daddy was going to die in front of them. That, to me, is the real tragedy right at this moment. And this guy doesn't give a crap about... You can build as many rehabs as you want. This guy is not interested in going to rehab. I guarantee you. And that guy was out a day later. Wow. It was only after he finally assaulted a police officer that he assaulted enough people that he got thrown back in prison. And this happens all the time. And you... you, I'm preaching to the choir because most of the people that I want to talk to aren't listening to this show because you heard me rant about the homeless situation enough you would turn off the radio. But the the crowd that just is nothing but sympathy, and I see you, I see this all the time when I'm downtown where I live, go into the store and buy an extra sandwich and bring it out to the people. What the hell do you think you're doing? Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. So during the investigation into this rapist, he claimed it was consensual and that women couldn't resist his so-called meth energy. At the police station, he propositioned an officer for sex. And then there's one more story. It's absolutely terrible. This old fella, he's 67 years old. He's walking a 14-year-old dog. He's attacked by a lunatic, kills the dog, gives him a terrible beating. Um, oh, man. The dog died at the scene. The man, whose name is, uh, let's get it here, uh, Courtney Jamar Williams, uh, Williams was charged, but Judge Marcus Naylor released him on his own personal recognizance, and he didn't return to court for his next hearing. 
I was told in a city council meeting that where I was speaking about my incident that if if you walk by homeless people and you're scared, then there's something wrong with you. You're making a judgment about them that is just unfair. No, you people you, are insane. You're you, dangerous. If you walk by anybody homeless and you don't keep an eye on them the entire time you walk by to make sure they're not following you, you're crazy. You ever been on Interstate 5? Cuts through the heart of Seattle's downtown. Since April, there have been 209 reports of debris being thrown at drivers. Rocks, rebar, building materials, whatever, from overpasses. 209. Took five separate arrests for the Washington State Department of uh, Transportation um, to to stop it. It was just all sorts of people were doing it. And when you see those homeless camps and there's all the pieces of fences and bicycles and barbecues and all the different things, where do you think they got that stuff? They stole it from people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, keep living in your dream world if you want as the cities decay. We say uh, put the rights of the taxpaying citizens first, not those of junkies and bums. Yeah, I don't know when controversial. This, I don't know when this will ever end. Uh, the GOP's bad infrastructure deal. Another article in the Wall Street Journal. Maybe next hour for that. As people are starting to wake up to what's in that twenty-seven hundred pager, we have a new billionaire singer. And I didn't realize she was this popular, but man, she is huge. Uh, the Forbes list is out. Bunch of different things we can tell you about on the way. Armstrong and Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show. So it is now 20 to 16. Third chance for the United States here. Match point. And it's into the net. That is it. The United States has won the gold medal. To get a gold medal finally just this feels so amazing. I'm surprised there aren't more feminists bothered by the fact that the most popular women's sport in the Olympics is the one where they're forced to wear bikinis by the Olympic Committee. Forced? That's strong. That's exactly accurate. Encouraged by the rules. Or you don't get to play. Yeah, but we did get the the gold medal April Ross and Alex Kleinman representing. Way to go, gals. Two in five Americans believe they have what it takes to be an Olympic athlete. A new survey shows. I'll hit you with some more of that. In just a second, because it's—I think a lot of you are fooling yourselves. Um, but uh, this was a moment from last night. This is her first major international competition. It's the Olympic Games, and look at this—it is a perfect dive, seven tens. And the spirit and character of this fourteen-year-old to do what she's doing. An extraordinary seven tens again for Tuan for the second time in the finals. This has never a happened. A perfect dive. Never happened. A 14-year-old has had two perfect dives out of four. One more needing just sixes on this dive to wow. become an Olympic champion. Oh, my. Could oh, my. Be, she just blew that... the Olympic record away. Crazy good. Again. Six tens. Wow. Remember this. You may never see anything like it again. That so, is a real testament to the power of the Chinese slave program. Yeah. So that Chinese uh, child, 14 years old, two perfect dives only needed sixes. to. So you could have done practically anything to Cannonball. get sixes to win, the, to win the gold medal, but got another perfect dive. 
Yeah. Yeah, and what you said is probably pretty accurate. You know, you want to be happy for this 14-year-old diver who's probably more relieved that, uh, you know, their family is going to continue to be uh, treated well by the Communist Party for having succeeded. Well, and as Tim Sandifer reminded us, in China, the kids are taken away from their families as toddlers, screened for who's skilled at this, that, and the other, shows good balance, and then whisked away to camps, and rarely, if ever, see their parents, and they're trained and trained and trained, and then mm-hmm. set on the world stage. Two in five Americans believe they have what it takes to be an Olympic athlete. In a recent nationally, uh, a national poll, 40% think they're fit enough to compete in at least one summer or win- winter sport at the Olympics. Absolutely. I could, yes. I'm fit enough to be a, a shooter or whatever. But Summertime shooting, wintertime curling. But that includes three times as many men as women, of course. And half of respondents, blah, blah, basketball, football, soccer, and swimming provided the particularly popular choices. I'm telling you, listening right now, with very few exceptions, you do not have what it takes to be a basketball, football, soccer, or swimming Olympian, all right? Almost everybody listening, possibly everybody listening, you're fooling yourself. What are they talking about football? Football's not in the Olympics. They Is must it? mean soccer? Well, they, uh, football slash soccer, okay. Oh, I see. Enough. Okay. So, yeah. you no, you don't have what it takes to be an Olympic soccer, basketball, or swimmer. You just don't, all right? So quit fooling yourself. Quit telling your buddies that. It's not true. I will read this to you as written. U.S. women's soccer star Carly Lloyd stunned fans on Thursday as it appeared she was the only American player standing before the team's match against Australia at the Tokyo Olympics as the rest of her deluded rainbow-riding teammates kneeled as a protest against racism or something because they heard they should. She stood tall. Carly Lloyd, my new favorite soccer player. One of the players stood The rest embarrassed by the country that they represent. Screw you. Glad you lost. Armstrong and Getty.